This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 123. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode one, two, three. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. It's a sunny Friday in Seattle. Pretty happy to be here today. And we are doing family photos tonight on the beach. So it's probably going to be like 50 degrees because it's not warm. It's just sunny. But we're going to go down to the beach. And he's like wanting to wear his bathing suit. So I don't think that's going to happen because it's still kind of cold. But it's beautiful out, which is really life-giving. I'm so excited to be here today because this week, oh my gosh, there's just a lot of momentum right now. Go figure. I start a mastermind called the Momentum Mastermind, and then there's all this momentum everywhere. So right now I'm facilitating the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind group, which has been fabulous. I'm also facilitating my little black dress project through my gym here in Seattle. And so when I go to Facebook, my news feed is filled with people doing amazing things because for both of these groups, I have private online communities on Facebook where people are checking in with their wins every day and saying great things about what they're working on. And so I have to say it's so empowering to have all these people around me just crushing it. It's really, really, really cool. And it was a reminder to me that it's so important to surround yourself with people and circumstances that really inspire you and where you see people like you doing really great things. Cause then you're like, if they can do it, I can do it. And I will say that like one of the women in the shameless mom mastermind is not hitting snooze anymore in the morning. And she's been telling us like how this one little thing has really impacted her day and it's impacted her family in a big way. And it's been surprising how much impact it's had for one little thing, one little tiny habit, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And I was so inspired by that. Cause I have a rule. I'm not generally a repeat hit snoozer. I usually hit snooze once. 
I like to justify it by saying that I use that nine minutes as processing time because I really do. I don't go back to sleep after the alarm goes off. I really kind of lay there and I'm like, okay, and I need to do this and I need to do this. It's kind of when I start making my list for the day before I actually sit up. So in watching this other shameless mom give up her snooze practice, I was like, man, maybe I should give up my snooze practice. What I decided instead, and I've been doing it this week, is instead of giving up my snooze practice, because I like that time to kind of think about what I'm going to do during the day. It's almost like a little meditation time. But what I've been doing instead is I'm not picking up my phone and scrolling through my phone before I get out of bed. So I've been super inspired. Just seeing what other people are doing is inspiring to me. So what a great reminder to just surround yourself by people who are taking small steps to make their life better every day, because then you will be motivated to do the same. And you'll think, wow, like if they can do this little thing, I can do this little thing. And it really is those little things that make such a big difference, which is the inspiration for our conversation today. So I really wanted to talk about tiny habits because I see the power of tiny habits in everything that I do with my clients at the gym. I see it with everything I do here in the Shameless Mom Academy. I see the power of tiny habits in really helping you reframe and recreate your life in many ways. It really helps you build momentum in any direction when you just start taking these little steps. And often we don't even know where to start. And sometimes it's okay. You don't have to know where to start. You just have to start something. And this has actually come up in the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind as well, where people are like, I don't even know what I want to work on. Like I can list 30 things I'd like to be different about my life, but I don't even really know where to start. Sometimes all you have to do is start. And so it might start with like just sitting down and making a list of the 30 things you want to change. It might start with sitting down and saying like, okay, here's where I'm going to take time for myself every day. It might start with taking some things out of your schedule so that you create space for just having a little bit of clarity around what you might want to do. Because when you're over scheduled, and overbooked and stressed out, it's really hard to even think about what you want to change because you have too many things running in all directions in your head. So what I wanted to talk about today was the tiny habits that you can do that take just moments of your time that will give you energy and create momentum in your life. So first of all, this concept of tiny habits is not mine. I did not create it. It actually comes from a writer, BJ Fogg, who's done extensive research and written a ton about tiny habits. So if you're interested in learning more about tiny habits and his very specific philosophy around it, you can Google tiny habits, you'll find him, or you can Google BJ Fogg, it's F-O-G-G. I just wanted to give that as a resource and also clarify that like tiny habits do not belong to me, but I am totally obsessed with them. So I'm going to give you five tiny habits that I think will really help you in creating space to make your day what you want it to be, but also to create some space to make your goals a little more obvious and to make action steps more obvious. So the first tiny habit will not shock you five to 10 minutes of movement a day. So this is not necessarily a workout. A workout would be more specifically like, you know, do X amount of reps and run for X amount of minutes or whatever. Five to 10 minutes of movement is just movement to get your blood flowing. It's just enough to get a little bit of freshly oxygenated blood to the brain. It's much more about the routine of it and about the blood flow and about what happens psychologically and physiologically when you move than it is about burning calories or losing weight or any of that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely talking about movement as a restorative process more so than movement for the sake of fat loss. So I just want to be clear that like, I'm not saying if you work out already, that's great. And this can absolutely count as your five to 10 minutes. But I also want to be clear that like, this isn't me saying you need to go sweat really hard for five or 10 minutes. If you're like, absolutely not, I'm not going to work workouts into my life right now. That's fine. Five to 10 minutes of movement could look like doing a few sun salutations while you're waiting for your coffee to brew. I know my friend Holly Rigsby, 
Lee does that. She just sun salutations on her kitchen floor while she's waiting for coffee to brew in the morning. So you can do these little things. It's just little bits of movement that just get the blood flowing. You could do like a 10 minute walk, you know, walk around the block. Maybe your husband can take over getting the kids dressed or something and you do a quick walk. Maybe you get up 10 minutes before your kids and you do a quick walk before anyone else is up in the household. So it can be super chill movement. It also could be five to 10 minutes of like, intervals and push-ups and squats and burpees and you know anything intense that you want to do that would also be completely acceptable and it could also be a 40-minute workout it could be going to an exercise class it could be all of those things so it doesn't need to necessarily be stress and high intensity and high impact although for me that's what works i really love that the other piece of that is i've talked about this i think i mentioned it maybe last week or the week before that for me, restorative movement is super helpful in creating space in my head. And so a lot of times when I'm doing intense movement, I'm really focused on that and it doesn't create as much space. Going for like a 10 minute walk with my dog totally creates space in my head because it's super chill. I'm not focusing like on how fast I'm going or how many reps I'm doing or how heavy I'm going to lift or how long I have to hold a certain pace. I'm just opening, freeing my mind. That is very, very different than getting in that workout time. So know yourself and know that like you might need restorative movement that is five to 10 minutes of super chill movement and not so much the high intensity stuff that you would actually clarify is more your workout time. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 daily symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I know for me, you know, one of the best things I do when I'm having a block about a podcast episode or something I need to create is I get out of the house for 20 minutes with the dog and I literally like set a timer, walk 10 minutes out, turn around, walk 10 minutes back. And I always am able to resolve something in my head by the time I turn around and get back. So for me, I usually do 20 minutes, but it can certainly be less. I just happen to have a loop that works well for that. And that's good for the dog as well. So that was number one. So number two, 
Number two, the second tiny habit that will give you energy and help you create momentum in your life would be turning off notifications, which is funny because you probably all heard my phone ding a minute ago. I only have my ringer on because I got a text that Vinny is complaining of ear pain at school and we're trying to figure out if it's legitimate or not. <laughs> so earlier I told the teacher, I'm like, I'm here. I have my phone on. If I need to come get him, I will. The teacher's like, I can't tell if it's for real. You might just be trying to get out of nap times. <laughs> but generally speaking, I do not ever have my ringer turned on on my phone unless I think there's something related to my child and some sort of urgent situation. I turn off my ringer. I turn off notifications. My phone does not vibrate when I get texts. So that's a big thing. My husband is much less phone dependent than me. When he comes home, he like plugs it into the wall and he doesn't look at it again for the rest of the day for the most part. So his phone vibrates and I can hear if I'm like downstairs, I'll hear it buzzing upstairs if it vibrates with a call coming in or with a text. I turn everything off on my phone. So I don't hear anything if someone texts me. So again, if I expect something to be coming through, I will turn it on here and there if I'm expecting something related to Vinny or something that might be, you know, high need. But I don't have notifications on my phone outside of text. So I don't have any noise or vibration. But even on my silent notifications and things that pop up on my screen, I only have texts coming through and phone numbers coming through when someone calls. I do not get notifications on Facebook to my phone. I don't get notifications from Instagram on my phone. I don't get notifications from Twitter. My husband on his phone has a bunch of news apps installed because it's part of the work that he does. And he does a lot of work with news apps as part of his job as a graphic designer and a creative director. And so he's always testing these news apps. So he gets all these notifications on his phone. Like if there's breaking news anywhere in the world, he will be getting like notifications from multiple news organizations. He also gets notifications anytime someone follows him on Twitter, like all these things. Again, his phone is usually put away so he doesn't see this stuff as it's coming in. My phone is always right next to me. So if I see notifications coming in, it's incredibly distracting to me. So that does not work well for me to manage my energy and my time because every time I get disrupted or distracted from something, it takes me a while to reset. And that's not just me, that's human nature. It takes all of us a while to reset when we're interrupted. So if I were to see every time someone, you know, posted to Facebook or commented on something of mine on Facebook, on my phone, that would be really disruptive. If every time I got an email, I got a phone notification, that would be really disruptive. So I've turned off all those notifications. And then I've also made sure that like my email inbox icon is not on the first screen when I turn my phone on. So even when I go into my phone, like the first thing I do is not going to be going to email unless I'm specifically needing to look something up. So taking away some of those notifications can really deactivate some of the energy around being reactive all the time. And so I've talked about this in other episodes around, you know, framing your day in a way that you're being proactive so that you can use your time in a way that's most productive to you and most helpful to you. And when you're constantly being notified of different things through your phone, through beeps and buzzers and vibrations, that has a mental effect in terms of how you respond and what it does to different stress hormones in your body. Like this is scientifically proven. There's actually just a great story on 60 Minutes about it because my husband's favorite show is 60 Minutes, which I understand makes us seem like we're 75 years old. No offense to people who are 75. I just think it's funny because in my mind, like only old people watched 60 minutes. And now here we are. Like when my husband and I started dating, he was 36, I was 27. And he was like, yes, you want to watch 60 minutes? And like, that should have been a huge red flag, right? But anyways, I digress. <laughs> so there is actual research around these notifications and this constant pinging really interfering with our ability to be engaged with our ability to like, 
think clear, consistent thought patterns to actually accomplish tasks, all these kinds of things. There's also what it does to our stress hormones, which impacts sleep, which impacts overall health, like all sorts of things. So it's a big deal. So minimizing notifications. I'm not saying like turn your phone off. I will say I'm always impressed when people tell me, and I know moms who do this, they put their phone in airplane mode, like for big chunks of the day. Cause they're like, this is my time to be productive. My phone is in airplane mode. So like, again, I understand some of us feel like we need to be reachable in case of an emergency, especially when it comes to kids stuff, but be really careful about what that looks like for you and be really honest with yourself. And so like, you know, today I know there's a chance that Vinny might need something. I have my ringer on, but that is very few and far between. That doesn't mean that I'm not checking my phone here and there to make sure that like, you know, if I probably would be notified within an hour if there was an emergency and school has multiple ways of contacting us. So those are all considerations as well. So that's number two, turn off the notifications, the vibrations, all those kinds of things that are constantly interrupting your flow and your energy and your momentum in your day. Number three, the third tiny habit that will give you energy and create momentum in your life is reading. So this could be reading, it could be podcasts, it could be listening to audiobooks, but it's taking new information that is inspirational to you or educational to you. And so, like I said, that can look like a few different things. It might be listening to the Shameless Mom Academy and it only needs to be for a few minutes. And so it could even be like reading a poem. It could be like you know, picking, you guys have heard me talk about my truth bomb deck where I pull one truth bomb here and there. And so I'll pull one right now. I have this, this is a little deck of cards I have from Danielle Laporte and they have little sayings on them that are always inspiring. And they always are the things you need to hear, like right when you need to hear them, which is really interesting to me. So, okay, here, I just pulled one, my truth bomb that I just pulled for today, make light of it. So that can mean a lot of different things, but I'm just going to put that there, make light of it. I wonder what that means for me. So whenever I pull that, I start thinking like, oh, hmm, how is that relevant to today? And so whatever your system or your means of pulling in new inspirational educational material is, think about how you can do it in a very simple way. And again, just like that five to 10 minutes of movement, it can be a very quick thing. So it can be sitting down and reading a whole chapter out of a book, which maybe takes you 30 minutes, but it could also be, you know, listening to a super short podcast, listening to a little bit of an audiobook, reading a few paragraphs. I talk a lot about my 10 minute morning reading process. I also in the evening have generally read like 10, 15 minutes of an autobiography. So, and those things give me different energy, like reading an autobiography. I love hearing other people's stories. That's hugely inspirational to me. My personal development reading in the morning, that's more educational to me. So however you want to take in information, but taking in information that inspires you in some way. And again, it feeds into that part of your brain and your energy that helps you create momentum in your life and helps you maintain momentum where you're like, oh man, today I just don't even feel like getting started. And then you read something really great and you're like, oh, okay. Like now I'm ready. Now I'm ready to like click in and get, dig my heels in and like, I'm all in today and it's going to be great. So that few minutes of intake information, just <laughs> so two things. Don't make it a big deal because it's a tiny habit, right? It's not a big deal. The other piece of it is don't let it be the news. So the worst thing you can do is like first thing in the morning, start taking in the news because the news is never going to be mostly positive, right? And also the media is trained to promote news in a way that suckers you in and freaks you out. And like, it's all about like a headline that will grab your attention and pull you in. So it has to create some sort of emotional reaction, right? Otherwise no one would listen. So they have to create these headlines that are like, and when we get back, I'm going to tell you like the five ways that the world is going to end in the next three months. And these are the kinds of headlines that we hear where you're like, oh my gosh, like I have to hear, like, what should I do? 
or, you know, things along those lines or like three ways to prevent, you know, these are the ones that my mom really loves, like three ways to prevent dying of a stroke. And my mom loves these kinds of articles because she wants to make sure she lives as long as possible. So she's very fearful of these kinds of things and very legitimately so I will say, but like anytime there's a headline along those lines, she's like, anytime there's a headline along those lines, she's all in. She's like, oh yeah, of course. Like I need to read about all the horrible things that could happen and how I could prevent them. So there's the one piece that's taking in the information that can help you, but there's also falling victim to these kind of predatory headlines that are really 100% created to suck us in by instilling fear. So be aware of how you receive news and when you take that in and don't let that be the first thing that you do every day. Also don't let it be the last thing you do every night. So one of the things, my husband, again, back to 60 Minutes, It's on Sunday night and I refuse to watch it most of the time because the stories are usually like, here is some sad story that makes you cry about one thing. And then there's refugee children. And then another story is about like, you know, the ongoing battle with ISIS and like, how are our weapons being upgraded? And like, that's not inspiring to me. And then there might be a human interest story at the end of it. That's like, oh, look at this, you know, savant child piano player where you're like, oh, that's really cool. But that's over 50% that is like stressful and exhausting and creates fear and creates panic. And I refuse to end my weekend with that kind of information. So we kind of have this like ongoing joke about 60 minutes because I'm like, oh, like depression hour. I'm not going to just watch an hour of TV to be totally depressed, finishing my weekend and kicking off a new work week. And so oftentimes he watches 60 minutes by himself because I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Like, that's not going to help me. Even if it's great educational material, it's not material that's going to help me build momentum in my life. It actually creates panic and fear and doubt. And it stalls me in many areas of my life. So I'm very conscientious about not exposing myself to that or exposing myself in very limited ways and very like careful ways to that kind of information. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Number four. 
the tiny habit that will help give you energy and create momentum in your life is practicing tiny wins and gratitude. So we've talked a lot about gratitude. I won't go into so much depth on that since we've done a whole episode on it. I did that with Scott Colby. We did the Say It With Gratitude episode, which I will link to in the show notes here. But I really want to touch on the tiny wins piece. So gratitude practice, as you know, is keeping your list. For many people, it's like last thing before you go to bed at night, you write down three things you're grateful for, or maybe you do it first thing in the morning. So tiny wins, very similar to that. Practicing tiny wins means that you're acknowledging wins you know, throughout the day. So again, it could be at the end of the day. The last thing you do before you go to bed is you write down you know, two or three wins from the day. And it can be small things like I got in my workout and I ate some broccoli. Or it can be, you know, had a great time playing with my child at the park and turned in a proposal at work. So they can be of varying magnitude. And it's very similar to gratitude. But the difference with gratitude or the difference with a tiny win is it's something that you made happen, like something that you can take responsibility for. So it's an accomplishment kind of a thing. So sometimes there's overlap with gratitude. Oftentimes we are grateful for the things that we accomplished. And so there's definitely some crossover there. But the difference with tiny wins is that like you're taking responsibility for it and saying like, yes, I did this, go me. And the thing about acknowledging those tiny wins is that over time that builds so much momentum for creating bigger wins in your life. Because when you see the power that you have to create multiple wins a day, then you're able to go after those bigger wins. And then you're able to take some of those chances that might be a little more uncomfortable because you understand that like, oh yeah, like I win all these things like all the time. It's, and it's, it's a little bit like the theory of, you know, a kid getting participation trophies. It's like, give yourself those participation trophies because here's the thing, this doesn't work so well with kids, but what happens when you acknowledge these wins, you give yourself these tiny little mental trophies throughout the day, the confidence that it builds will definitely carry over into other areas of your life and allow you to push yourself in other areas where you're like, oh, hmm, you know, since I ran three miles, maybe I could run four miles. And then you run four miles and you're like, hmm, since I ran four miles, maybe I could run five miles. So when you acknowledge that, wow, I just ran three miles for the first time ever, then you're like, well, four miles would only be like another 10 or so minutes. So it's easy to build upon wins when you recognize your wins, but often we don't recognize our wins because life is hectic and crazy and chaotic. And it's often easier to focus on the things that we don't feel in control of. So we often are really noticing those things. And those are the things that we're really focused on. And those are the things that we're building up in our mind, like the things that aren't going well. We're saying like, oh man, I didn't do this well. And this was awful. And I came home and I was cranky and blah, blah, blah. And we track our losses better than we track our wins many times. So instead of tracking those losses, not that you don't want to try to improve upon them, but track the wins and really step up and acknowledge them, then you will be able to create more wins. That tiny habit is extremely, extremely powerful. I would say like, that's probably one of the biggest of the five here. That might be the one that like you want to put an asterisk next to. So number five, the fifth tiny habit that I want you to practice that will give you more energy and create more momentum in your life is doing a brain dump. So brain dump is excellent when you feel like there's too many things in your head. And this happens to me all the time. And do this on paper. Don't do this on the computer. Again, there's research behind like pen to paper. So a brain dump is going to be when your head is like so full of stuff and you don't know where to start. So again, when you're looking at tiny habits that will create energy and create momentum, you want to actually release all of the stuff in your head, because that will create the space for you to start to define a path. And so what you're going to do is you're going to just write out everything that is on your mind. And so that might be in the form of lists. It might be in the form of a mind map. It might be drawing pictures. It might be in the form of paragraphs. It could be a big, long essay, like whatever works for you. Mine is usually in the form of lists. And so I'll start with one list and something else will come to mind and I'll start another list. And so it might be, you know, one page of notes that has like seven different lists on it. And some lists might have 13 items and some might have two. 
But what I'm doing in that system is I'm just getting it all out of my head. So once you get it out of your head and it's on paper, you're like, okay, like I've let it all go. And then you can go back and look at your list to be like, what do I need to prioritize? You can circle the critical items. You can bump them to the top of the list. You can put an asterisk. You can highlight them, whatever. And then those create your action items. That creates your bigger to-do list. And from there, instead of feeling, you know, it's easy to feel like, oh my gosh, I have like 47 critical items today. Once you get them all on paper and you can categorize them a little bit, then you can look and see and be like, you know what? Of these 47 things that I thought I needed to get done today, three of them are critical and the others are either like non-essential or like way lower priority. So they're not all going to be super high priority. Then from there you can look at, and I just had this conversation today with someone, is that you can look at like, what's the thing causing the most anxiety? That's what you do first. So you don't look at the thing that you're most excited about and do that first. You do the thing that's causing the most anxiety, the thing that's the scariest, the thing that might be the biggest and the hardest. That's what you do first. Then once that's done, you can do the stuff that's the cakewalk, right? So doing the brain dump to prioritize your to-dos and then identifying what the critical items are, what are the most anxiety invoking items and going from there. So that can help you gain a ton of momentum in the day, but it also really helps you regulate your energy instead of just keeping everything in your head where your energy is going to be like really frantic and frenetic. And I've like gone long periods without doing this, without doing brain dumps, without doing lists. And I can tell you from my personality type, at least, and again, it might be different from one person to the next, but for my personality type, it creates so much stress and anxiety when I don't have a little bit of an idea of like, here it all is in one place and here's how it needs to be prioritized to make sure that it all gets done. So those are five tiny habits that will give you energy and create momentum in your life. And that will help you clear up space to do the things that you want to do. That will also help you clear up space to be like, oh, there's also some things here that I don't really need to do. Like there's some things that are actually low priority that maybe I don't need to do today, maybe don't need to get done at all. So it all of that gives you clarity. You start to get clarity when you're focusing on like giving yourself some time for movement during the day or giving yourself some time to take in some inspiration through reading or through listening to a podcast, giving yourself a few minutes to acknowledge your tiny wins. All of those little things, all of those tiny habits help you set the stage to really create space to look at the bigger picture. And that's what becomes so hard sometimes is that we don't look at the bigger picture because we're very overwhelmed by the very small picture of today and we can't see beyond today. So doing these things to create space on a daily basis will help you overall start to see the bigger picture and be able to see that like, okay, here's where I want to be, you know, next week and next month and next year. And that can be really, really helpful as you're trying to make some of these bigger changes. I know in the Momentum Mastermind, there's been conversation around like, what's the difference between what I'm going to do over the course of week one versus over the course of the whole six weeks versus what do I want to you know be doing in the next couple of years? Because you don't want to just look at the tiny little things that you do this week. And you don't want to just look at the big things. You need to kind of be looking at both, like looking at your current action steps and also looking at where do you want those to lead and the bigger picture of all of that. So there are your five tiny habits that will give you energy and create momentum in your life. If this was helpful to you, please share this episode. Sharing the Shameless Mom Academy is how we grow. So I really, really appreciate I know so many of you share episodes and it means the world to me. So please do share the love. You can go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 123 if you want to get a link to this episode. You can also go to Facebook or Instagram and this show will be up on both of those platforms if you want to share from there as well. And the links will be there. And thank you so much for spending time with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. I always appreciate it. If this is your first time listening, know that we do have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So please subscribe so you can get new episodes as soon as they are released. You can subscribe by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. 
and that will take you right into iTunes where there's a little blue button where you can hit subscribe. While you're there, you can leave a review. So you can click on the write a review button and leave a review and tell me what you thought of this episode. I always love getting your feedback and I do read all of my reviews and it's really, really special and significant to me to get that feedback from you. So thank you for spending time with me today. I hope the rest of your day is fantastic. And no matter what you do today, I hope you do it shamelessly. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.